Good morning. Our gospel, or our, le- our scripture lesson this morning comes from Galatians chapter 6. Hear the word of the Lord. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Most holy and gracious Lord, we thank you for this time that we have as we've come to worship you, to be able to hear your word and to be able to hear from you. So Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit will open our hearts and our minds to hear your voice, to feel your leading, to grow closer to you. And now, Lord, I pray you would take these words of mine, that you would turn them from water into wine, because God, you can take the simple things of this world and do a miracle with him. So do it again here in our midst this day. Amen. So as we continue through our Lenten sermon series on spiritual disciplines, um, we are finding ourselves today talking about mercy. We've talked about prayer and fasting, about the study of Scripture, and and now we're going to talk about mercy. And I, I don't know, maybe you're thinking, how is mercy a spiritual discipline? How is caring for others? How is doing good, visiting the sick, visiting those in prison, feeding the hungry, giving generously to those in need. How is that a spiritual discipline? Well, you remember that as we've talked about every other spiritual discipline, we've talked about how anytime we engage in these actions, we're going with an intention to encounter God. We are approaching each of these with a desire to be changed in that experience, we're going with the intention of being drawn closer to God and becoming more like Christ. And so if we think about it in that way, that if we're doing good and visiting the sick and caring for the hungry and the poor, that we are imitating Christ. Do you remember in Matthew 25, it wasn't that long ago that we actually talked about it here in church, where where Jesus was talking to some people and they said, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? When did we see you thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you naked and give you clothes or in prison and visited you or sick and cared for you? And he said, whenever you did it for the least of these, you did it for me. And so that is our focus this morning. Mercy can be considered a spiritual discipline when we recognize that anytime we engage in these acts of kindness and these acts of mercy, we are encountering God and doing these very acts for Christ himself. A friend of mine um, decided that throughout Lent, she was going to take on the practice of doing an act of kindness every day, something out of her normal daily routine. 
So some of those things have kind of been a little easier to figure out than others. You know, she knew that somebody was going to be coming home from the hospital, so she decided to take them a meal, and that was her act of kindness that day. But she has allowed herself to be aware of the presence of God on a daily basis because it wasn't something she wanted to have planned but wanted to be disciplined in looking for where God was calling her or leading her into an act of mercy, into a place of doing something kind for someone else. The other day she was at the grocery store and she was at the self-checkout behind someone and the person just had a few items, um, you know, really the necessities, some bread, some milk, some eggs, uh, some meat of some kind. And, and um, they were just having a really hard time. They couldn't get the thing to start, you know. And so, so they could, she could tell that this person was really frustrated. It had probably been a really bad day. And they just couldn't get something going. So she just kind of reached over real quick and kind of got it going and stepped back, you know. And they, oh, thank you, and got their groceries, and they went to pay, put a card in the reader, and it was declined, and just more frustration. Why is this, why is this happening? This, there's money there. Put the card in the, in their wallet, took out another one, tried that one, and it wouldn't work. And again, just the frustration. Wow, why? What is going on? Why won't this thing work? And she walked over, well, let me help. And, and the person handed her their card as she put her card in the reader. No, don't do that. No, you don't need to pay for that. Please, no. And she said, look, you're having a really bad day. And it's the least I can do to just show some kindness and maybe help to brighten your day a little bit. It's not what she's doing every day. She's not going every day to the grocery store and looking for somebody that she can pay for their groceries. But on that day, it just happened to be something that she was able to do because she just happened to be behind them in line and she felt the prompting from the Lord to just bless this person, show them some mercy, show them some kindness. And when, when we come looking for a way to show others mercy and kindness, God meets us there. Not only did this person receive that gift, that grace, that mercy, but she also experienced in that time. She experienced God. That's what it is to engage in this discipline of mercy. Because when we go beyond just doing for other people, and recognize that it's something that God is calling us to do to be more like Christ, to be more like God, to be able to show more of God in this world, then we need to recognize that it's, that it's also a part of our transformation. It's also a part of that continuing grace, that sanctifying grace that we know and experience as we live our lives in Christ, because the more we engage in it, the more grace we experience as well. Maybe it's just because I did my, my ordination interviews, but I'm on my John Wesley kick, it feels like, these days. So I felt the need to share a little bit about John Wesley and his, his views on this whole thing. Show a little bit of our, 
our Wesleyan heritage. But John Wesley does talk about how these acts of mercy are a way of imitating Christ. And, and he shared about three different ways that, that he really felt called and was led to be caring for and offering this, this, these acts of mercy to those that he came in contact with. Um, John Wesley has a quote from his sermon, The Use of Money. Back in the 1800s, he said um, he had three simple rules. Gain all you can, save all you can, to give all you can. Gain all you can, to save all you can, to give all you can. It wasn't about how many jobs can I have to be able to get the most money. It wasn't about having all the money saved away so that he could use it someday, somewhere down the road. But in gaining what he could, in saving what he could, it meant that he was able to give all that he could. And John Wesley was in that educated class where it was not considered something that he would have done to find himself engaging with the poor, with the sick, with the hungry. And yet, on a daily basis, John Wesley recognized that this, this grace that God placed in our lives, this grace that was ours to give, and that we needed to engage it, to grow in it, to allow it to take root in our lives. And so he was sharing that message on the use of money because he also shared then that the use of money was to help the poor. It was to give to those who were in need. He was intentional about helping people find work, letting people know that they had value, that they had purpose, wanting to encourage them and see them lifted up, seeing and, and empowering them to be self-sufficient. That's why he was giving all he could. John Wesley also, in, in three different towns there in England, he, he created some of the very first free health clinics. Caring for the sick was so important. But he went beyond that, and he also was offering classes on preventative health in the 1800s. <laughs> because caring for one another is not just caring for our ailments at the moment, but recognizing that we can do more for one another on a daily basis. He was also one of the first to start some schools, some free schools. Education was so important, not only for children though, for adults as well, because there were many adults who didn't know how to read. And so they had schools for adults that were, that were teaching them how to read. And, and he created one of the first publishing houses where he would create, they would create books for people to actually learn to read with. He did pamphlets to be able to just share things that were happening around the world and to be able to talk about our Christian life. Acts, acts of kindness, acts of mercy, engaging with God, meeting God in these places, in these everyday places. And yet they're a way of engaging God and deepening our faith and our love for one another. You know, we have lots of uh, things that we do, even within our congregation. 
Right? We have a monthly mission. Uh, every month you'll find it in the steeple, a little highlight of the things that, that are going on and the things that we're collecting for. There's extra giving that, that happens there. But we're not just giving finances. And listen, those are necessary, right? There are ministries happening all over our, our community and all over the world that need support because while you and I might not be called to that specific ministry, we know that it takes support to be able to, to make those ministries happen, happen effectively and well. And so we support people um, all over, like I said, all over the country, all over our community. We, we give to Rise Against Hunger. We have a big event that we help pack these meals that go all around the world so that people might have food. It's a simple food. It's a rice and a little protein packet, but it means so much to the people who receive it. We give locally to the, to the a prison chaplain. We give locally to the women's shelter. We have a, a, a program, Ashes to Life, a church down in Beaver Falls that we help, that we help out. We help with Yellow Ribbon Girls and, and Tiger Paws. You know, with Yellow Ribbon Girls, it's, it's not just what we give so that, that we can um, help support these, these packages that go to military serving all over the world. But the women who, who take part in the sewing group, the So Many Blessings group, they not only make pillowcases, they not only make um, Christmas stockings, but they go and help pack those boxes, adding their names to the ones who are praying for these people as they're serving our country. But if we're only giving some money in a plate or online, then we're not engaging our heart and receiving the, the blessing. When we allow ourselves to see what we give and what we do, our acts of loving God himself, when we recognize that it's not just a matter of nailing some wood together in the parking lot, but we're building a home that's going to allow a family to have shelter and a place to call their own. We're engaging in acts of mercy. We're experiencing God with that hammer and those nails. And that is where we're called to be. So whether you're filling a shoebox at Christmas time, maybe you're one who, who writes cards and just sends to people. Maybe you're one who, is, who has been reading to the children at the Big Beaver Elementary School that's turned into a pen pal program at the moment. Whatever it is that you find yourself doing, Remember that every time you do for someone else, you're doing it for the Lord. Remember that every time you engage in one of these things, you are doing it for God's glory and by God's grace. And that is a spiritual discipline that engages our hearts 
that brings us closer to God and transforms us even more into the likeness of Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me? Most holy and loving God, thank you for this great call that you place upon us. Our lives are not just about prayer. Our lives are not just about ourselves, reading scripture for ourselves, coming to church for ourselves. God, you call us to be disciples of Jesus, to study and know more about you. You call us to follow in Jesus' footsteps, to be imitators of Christ, and so to love you by loving others. So God, we pray that you would really challenge our hearts and our minds to see where you're working, to see how we can be engaged, recognizing that a discipline doesn't mean it will be easy all the time, but that we would be faithful in doing what you call us to and thereby loving you. And so God, for your glory and by your grace, So we will do. In Jesus' name, amen.